Hello everyone and welcome, welcome, welcome. By the way, just a little disclaimer before we get started. If I sound a bit nasally, it is because I am recovering from a cold. It is really cold in London right now. The cold just hits you and I am just trying to do my best, you know, steam, so all goggles, day and night nurse and all of that stuff. But we will push forward. <laughs> anyway, welcome to another episode of Chai with Rai, a show I like to call my digital jukebox of hidden gems in which I reach out to working creatives in the entertainment and fitness industry. We will discuss all things from life lessons to politics, socialism, culture, history to love, sex, the digital space, and of course, the industry. Now, for all of you new people, welcome. For all of you returning guests, Hello, nice to see you. This is just going to be a little backstory that I'm going to tell you about the show. Chai with Rai is an IGTV live show, which I transfer to audio. So to watch any of the episodes of the videos, did I say that right? To watch any of the videos of the episode, simply go to my Instagram at Raimu Itfum, that is R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M, or on YouTube, you can just type in Chai with Rai and find the relevant episode. Also, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share the podcast. Your support really helps the show grow and the message of it grow. Also, make sure to follow the amazing people that are on this and give them some love. Now, without further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is episode 14 and today we're going to be talking to the lovely and wonderful Eden um, or as I always call him Eden but I've been told by several people his name is pronounced Eden so I do apologize about that. I came across Eden's work through Instagram through the power of Instagram and he's an absolutely phenomenal I think and it's such a distinct dancer and I I admire his work very much and his unique ability as a dancer as a teacher and we're going to talk about all of those things but he's based in India he's part of the big dance center faculty and he has a tremendous story which we're going to get to and we're going to dissect all of that so without further ado um we're going to get him on here let's see if I can send him a request eh? hello hello how are, how are you, you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How is everything going? How was it there? I know we've gone back and forth and we've been talking all week. You had a hectic, hectic day, yeah. right? How, how I was did, that? I did. Talk to me how your day was and talk to me how your week has Ooh. been. <laughs> oh, okay. So, I mean, I would say this year has started off pretty busy. Yeah. I've been like, um, like going from place to place, teaching about three classes every day, something or the other. Um, working, I mean, it's not the same thing, so it's good. So it's not just my own personal thing. It's like a bunch of uh, one-off classes, like a personal training, a project that I'm working on, yeah. a few meetings, conversations here and there, meeting different people, getting things kind of going for this year. And I mean, the only days off are like Saturday, Sunday right now for me. So I'm like, yeah. thank God. The week's almost ended. I have one more long day tomorrow where I am going to take about four classes. I had like one uh, just kind of squeezed in very last minute. And I have to shoot my video at like almost 10 a.m. because at uh, 10 p.m. in the night tomorrow. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. It's fun. And I'm quite excited, actually. I'm, I'm actually enjoying the start to my year right now. It's good, hectic. Um, I'm happy. 
what time is it there by the way i just want to know oh it's about 12:30 oh god oh god okay well thank you firstly so much for doing this i really really appreciate that like literally i so appreciate this i wanted <laughs> to talk to you and i know you came to london and you did that show and we were yeah. trying to connect and i wish at that time because i was in such a rough place and everything like i would have given you my house to say and things like that now i'm in a better position <laughs> so if you ever come um do let me know but i wish we could have met so badly but i know you were here very shortly i've never been yeah. able to come to india properly but one yeah. day i hope to meet you like what IRL okay. one day yeah that's my that's my plan for this year hopefully if like everything opens up yeah. i i mean i want to just like make trips at random right now and visit because i think that's something that i've been putting aside for the longest time because okay. for me it was always about um, like more work based and rather than pleasure so right now i'm like you know what let's just go i mean whatever happens happens whether i get work or not i just want to like travel visit the yeah. people i know and a lot of people that i know are not from mumbai where mm. i stay I, a lot of people are from different cities in india and a lot of people that i know are like from the uk new zealand the states oh wow so i'm like new I'm zealand like, I, i'm very intrigued by yeah i mean i've just like i met people like you know like generally i have these like you have foreign dancers coming into the industry to dance so i know them and i connect right. with them more so i'm like you know what i have people all over the world i i rather meet them and like kind of you know fly out and yeah. just experience life there which i haven't done in a while so yeah okay so before i move on i just want to say through yep. watching your work i have called you eden okay because that is how <laughs> so but i met garrick who yep. i think you know and then mekna who's on here as well and a couple of people who've attended your classes and have told me that it's eden yeah it is okay so I apologize to your <laughs> face. I apologize to your face. Do you often get that or not really? I I mean, I have a lot of like mix I mean, I'm used to it because it was like always when I was a kid, people used to call me Eden and Eden and a lot of different names and I was yeah. like, you know, I, you get used to it. So I'm not kind of adverse to it. I know I always I don't generally correct people, but I tell them, okay, my name's Eden and that's what it is. So um it's okay if you call me Eden like okay. here and there it's fine I'm fine <laughs> Wait where okay. does the pronunciation of Eden come from if you don't mind me asking because to me it's spelled like Eden so I would pronounce yeah. it as Eden so yeah So um I mean my parents named me Eden Yeah and they said it's the garden of Eden and then I was like you know what that makes no sense because yeah. it's garden of Eden then it's like Eden but uh, I actually got it clarified when I was in uh, Israel Okay and funnily enough when i spelled my name out for them they were like oh yeah it's eden yeah uh, so i was like don't you say eden like because we say it's the garden of eden right yeah. they're like no it's eden like here in the hebrew translation or the the way they like say it is eden i was like oh cool <laughs> i mean so then it's right yeah. like the pronunciation is right so so like i found that back in 2014 so it like yeah it's a hebrew name okay nice yeah Well that is where we go. I don't know if I said this and I don't know if you were hearing this. Um I came through your work through Instagram. I yeah. instantly was just like, oh my god. I I didn't know. I knew off because there's contemporary programs that have yeah. gone like Alvin Ailey. I know Akram Khan has done some stuff there and the likes of some other people have gone and set up camps there and done some stuff, but I didn't know of the scene and I would say you would be my first kind of like I line to the fact that there is 
some um there is a branch of contemporary dance there and lyrical movement and jazz and things like that and then through acknowledging you i went like watch started watching because for me india has always been just bollywood and it's never been anything else and now i think like i watched this one video i can't remember what it was i can remember what stance you're in and sort of the movements that you're doing but you're in like a purpley ambery sort of t-shirt black shorts and you're you're like in a demi plie situation with one leg facing that way and it's like an angle situation and i was like dude this looks sick this look and this was around the time where this guy i think you've danced with he was also doing commercials his name is tushar or something tushar gupta long dude yeah. who always does this leg situation thing um yeah <laughs> and then i was like oh my god there's more contemporary dancers um yeah so yeah that's how i found you and then i was like oh my god oh my god your work i want to ask you and i said this to garrick when i met him i was like i i think and through working in contemporary every single person has a distinct voice or a distinct journey as a dancer as a choreographer and things like that yeah. um for me i'm going to describe you when i see your work and i've seen people who go to india um some of the girls who are like western and doing like you know the award show stuff i'm always like if you yeah. want to keep up your contemporary training go to big dance center go to this studio go to adams classes i describe you as an arrow okay because you're very precise in a lot of your movements you hit hard but you know when you shoot an arrow there's a bending in it and there's dimensions and textures in that vibration and you experiment with that a lot so i i described you as that but to me i want to know just how do you describe your voice and your distinct style as a dancer as a teacher and as a choreographer oh, that's a very tricky question because <laughs> for me i've never really kind of described myself yeah i like to be very um uh, that's i mean that's me as a person as well like i like not having a construct to what i do but i like the construct i like the structure right because there's a lot of structure in my movement as well but i think when i express it's just it's, it's just free flowing and that's something that i love the most about uh what i do and that's something that i kind of share with my uh students as well uh because i mean the structure comes from my training experience and my like your know, years of uh spending time on my body because i was never a very structured dancer i i was always um very independent i was always like you know what i don't need training i just love movement for movement and that's the way i began my training until i was told that i needed a lot of structure i needed a lot of lines i needed a lot of detailing because i was like i mean it was harsh like you know i used to do a couple of shows and like i had choreographers tell me oh you're not good enough for to be like you know a stage oh, dancer really? so you have no clean lines you and this was like my first month into uh training now actually now third month because i was in terence at that time i started dancing what 17 so you uh have like your training and then you have like you know your experience you you get uh into assisting as a teacher you get uh into shows at the same time so you have like a bit of everything you and you learn not only learn how to dance or train you learn how to get into management so okay. i had to do like everything at that point and then like you know so it was like everything in your face and it's like do this do that bad good ugly everything so that's something that i had to work upon so i like i would always like you know i cannot put an emphasis on like you know what my style is 
But yes, like whatever you're saying, I've tried to amalgamate all of that and try to kind of get all of those influences into my body yeah. as much as possible because that's a quality that I've always liked. Like when I watch a lot of dance videos, I like to be strong and sharp at the same time, have a little flow. And well, I mean, it's not a secret. It's just that like because of my lack of, ex- I mean, I would say years of training because I started late. Yeah. I use that to kind of cheat my technique a little bit. <laughs> so <laughs> so like every time I like I feel like I'm not I cannot hold the position like I go into this melt and I kind of use it to my advantage or I've learned how to use it to my advantage rather yeah. I would say. But I still like to kind of uh have my structure because I know that a lot of teachers that I love working with and they have a lot of structure to their movements so that kind of keeps me consistent there. But yeah, I mean, I never describe myself at all. Like, it's like, whatever. It's like, for me, it's always like a new form that I like to try. So I like to be something different every single time. So which okay. is why I never kind of, I mean, that's, that's what it is for me. We've taken away that yeah. you like structure. We've, we've taken yeah. that away, I, at least. Yeah. Um, I want to get this out of the way because, you know, this is the construct of every sort of like conversation. Like, how did you get into dance? What, tell me about your journey and things like that. <laughs> For somebody like who researched on you and did some stuff, um, other than your digital print on like YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and things like that, I always like to find out little niche things about. Um, I didn't know until like I started I know there's schools now in India that have a performative yeah. sort of educational program. And I think it's come a long way since I was like, I don't know, 10 years old. But I, I want to talk about, you, talk, you just said that at 17, you started your training. But I want to talk before that, like, were you, were you heavy into dance? Were you academic? I also want to, I'm very intrigued to find out about Ashley Lobo's Dance Works um, Performing Arts Academy. So that part of your journey as well, and how that led on to the platform that you're at today, which is at the Big Dance Center mm-hmm. and just dancing and doing theater shows in London and I'm sure you went to other places as well. But yeah, now let's just get that out of the way and the stage is yours. <laughs> so um, I was never really, I, I was never really into training. I was re- like, I didn't view dance as a career option for me. I was, I was always athletic. I liked um, a lot of, uh, you know, sports. Like I, I, I wasn't in any team because I, it was always late for me. Like I, I switched schools, I switched uh like places here and there. So Got it was it. very late for me to kind of get into uh, sports. Like I started that late. I was like about, I think almost 13 or 14 when I started okay. getting into soccer, basketball, uh, table tennis. Table like tennis? A lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh my God, I, I table tennis. I learned a lot of stuff. And like <laughs> only when I started playing table tennis, I found out that my dad was like a national level, champ- state level champion actually. Are you for real? And yeah, and I was like, yeah, well, why didn't you tell me? I would have gotten into it, you know? <laughs> but yeah, I was always like some a very uh, active person that yeah. way. Um, I lost interest in studies after a certain level. What were you I was, studying? You know, arts. Uh, as in, in like fine arts? Oh, like painting? Fine, yeah. fine arts. No, no, like a bachelor, uh, like normal. Like you're, well, you don't have that here. You don't have like painting and stuff like that. It's more like psychology, sociology, history, Got it. literature, stuff like that. Oh, and the okay. education system is very different here. But yeah, I was never really inclined to study after a point. And uh, yeah, I had no direction. 
And I think once I was just trying out, you have these college events, right? When you just dance and you're doing like the street performances. And uh, that time, the artistic director of, uh, actually creative director for Terrence Lewis's company uh, was my French teacher in college. Oh, okay. So, so she was, she saw me dance. She's like, why don't you try your hand at jazz? And why don't you do like this jazz piece with us? I was like, what no, year is can't this? do. I would say about 2005 or six. So we're about like 16, 17? Yeah, I would be about, yeah, 16. I would be 16 at that point. I was like, no, I'm not going to do jazz. It's too sassy. Like, it's not me. This is not my stuff. I'm like the free soul. Like at that point, I was like more of the hippie kind. Like, I like, you know, in <laughs> whatever floating in my uh, way. But I think at that point, I got introduced into breakdancing. Okay. And in college. So everything is like started there in college. And I was like yeah. trying to get into the whole breakdancing scene and stuff like that. I was like, you know, I'm more street. I don't, I'm not jazz. I'm not contemporary. I'm not ballet. So yeah. let's not get there. And then she tried to kind of convince me yeah. to get into Terrence. And um, well, she, I mean, I watched the show, I watched one of their shows and I was like, oh my God, this is so amazing because I've always been inspired by the Western form. Got it. I just, I just didn't know it existed in India. I was like, it's always abroad and hopefully one day, but I never knew that that style existed in like, you know, the city. And when I saw their show, I was like, you know what, I need to be a part of this. And like, then I just kind of went in, auditioned. Uh, but I mean, even at that point for me, dance wasn't like the option like and i've said this on previous lives as well like the only reason why i joined dance was because i had a crush on my instructor <laughs> i think that's how i think i think that's how it begins for most of us like you have a crush on the dance and you're like, oh my god i want to join this take this person's class and i had no inclination of like you know dancing all i wanted to do was like be around my instructor and be Ooh. like oh my god I love wait, you. wait pause 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 pause, pause. <laughs> i'm gonna get you in trouble now <laughs> It's okay. It's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Did you ever hook up with that dance teacher? Did you ever tell them that you had a crush on them? Or, um, and then second question, if you didn't have a crush on them and if you didn't go into dance, what do you think you'll be doing today? Um, so I did have a crush on a lot of my dance teachers, <laughs> but, but it never ended up like, yeah, they, they were always taking. So tell I, you're lying a little bit. I'm not no. going to lie. Something has happened. <laughs> Something Nothing happened. has happened. I mean, it, it just ended up in the... I mean, I hope that something would have happened, but it just went the other way. Yeah. And it just kind of backfired, I would say. So, yeah. But... Um, Do those dance teachers know that you like them? Oh, they did. I was too obvious about it. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> Are you, like, I really too... that obvious with your crushes? I always find this, like, I'm just like, why can't there be a subtle thing? Like, you know, when somebody's just a... Uh, <laughs> were you as, as yeah, like that I was I mean I would do I would go I mean I would do a lot of stuff like say if I like someone I would be I wouldn't be over the top but I would be uh, more appreciative more loving more caring in sense so I mean they would always get that vibe and that's something I wouldn't do for someone who I didn't have that affection for Did they so like you know I would like always the back of your hand and just <laughs> I mean they were nice to me but I mean for me it was like oh my god they love me <laughs> So yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like uh, if you have you seen Big Bang Theory? Yeah, yeah, have you yeah. Watched it? Yeah. Oh my god, love so, it, love it. So sad that it's ended. Yeah, I know. But you have you do you know Raj's character, right? It's like yeah, yeah, whenever yeah. like a girl, 
girl gives him a little bit of attention. He pulls. He always like, oh my god, yeah. So that was me. Okay. I've I've grown up, but that was me for like I think I would be like good six years, seven years at least. Yeah. Until like kind of, oh my god, like Eden, you need to kind of chill. But yeah, that was me for like seven, I would say six years. Okay, so I would he... be overly affectionate with okay. someone. Okay, so now if you didn't get into dance because of the crushes, well, what would you be doing today? So actually, before my dance, before I got into, um, like before I was, I got into college. I, I was actually trying to get into hotel management. Okay. So I wanted to kind of uh, get into the same line of work as my dad, like. He doesn't have his own business, but he was like, uh, like he was like a manager, a uh, worker in like uh, one of the restaurants, one of the hotels in uh, the city. And okay. then he traveled, and then uh, he was working abroad, and then he started working for the airlines. Like he was working, for, he's working for United Airlines as a in-flight person. So that was my option at that point, and I didn't have anything else because I was like, you know what. This is something where my dad would probably be able to help me out and guide me. Right. So I wanted to kind of pursue that, and then dance just happened. So resuming. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. Resume? No, as in like sorry, oh, I keep it. Oh. This is why I hate. Sometimes <laughs> it's like there's a lag, and I feel like I'm cutting people off. So I was like, resume, resume your story. Resume. Uh, I apologize no, already. I'm, Yeah, and then I just joined college. I'm, I mean, that that kind of uh, when I was kind of doing that uh, course, I kind of passed it. I mean, I got through. Yeah. Uh, I was supposed to do go to a culinary school, like a local, like in another different city, right. to kind of you know pursue it even further because I gave it the entrance exam, and then I wanted to kind of pursue it, but I had to move to a dif- different city, and I was not ready for it because right. it required at least two years, three years. And I wasn't ready for that big move mm-hmm. to kind of, you know, stay away from family and like, I mean, just stay away from family because I wasn't ready. I wasn't in that right frame of mind where I could live alone. Uh, so I didn't take it. And then I joined like college in general. And then, I mean, things just picked up from then. Then one company to another. And yeah, that's just happened. By the way, I mean, it got serious much later. Is where I kind of decided that you know what, this is something. That I really love. It's something that I want to do and pursue even further. It could change later, much later. What? Um, but what was the first company you got into? What the professional? Terence. 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 Terence was the first company. Yeah. How? Um. I just want to go back to Dancewerks Performing Academy. Yeah. Um. How is that academy? How does it function? Like, is it like a proper one? You get an educational diploma after it. Do you have to audition to apply? Like, how does that process work? And Monday to Friday, do you guys like study? What What is the specifics of it? If you don't mind me asking. So most companies here, I mean, they have their programs running, okay. uh, but it's not recognized by any This school is... in the world. So the thing with dance, we do a lot of different styles and genres of dance, like. Broad, like they're more into jazz. Like actually, it's more into jazz. Okay. Like more theater, more theater. But like from theater, you kind of expand it into like jazz, funk, theater, street. Now they have street, but it's more. It was funk, jazz at that point. Okay. Uh, lyrical, lyrical. Uh, they had contemporary ballet as a training program, but um, it was never really a program in the sense because it was never really recognized uh, by any. Medium school abroad, so it was just like recognized in the country, and it was a lot of training, I would say. So it's like you know, it's 
it's not necessarily that I would do an open class, but if I would probably drop in into like a Steps on Broadway or an Alvin Ailey or Broadway Down Center, like, you know, yeah. like you have these programs, but taking the program aspect out of it, it's just like training. I just come to the studio. I'm associated with the company. There's no contract. It's just that I come there, do my training hours, and that's about it without any kind of contract base. Do you pay for that then? Or does like the state, do you get like funding or like, mm -hmm. how does that work? So uh, dancers was like a separate thing. So I would pay for one of the classes, okay. which was, which would be my evening hour that I would do, which was like for the general uh, public. Yeah. And my whatever training that I had in the morning, which was the company training or the group training or like, you know, the dancer training would all be free of cost. So that's how they would do it. So like we would do about 10 hours of training a day. And basically like there would, like I said, there wouldn't be any contract, but it was just that kind of relationship that we would have yeah. where I would pay for a certain number of hours and then devote my time to the company and then work for them in the sense like, I mean, train with them and then teach for them and get paid by teaching. Okay, cool. So it would it would be like a work study, I would say. Okay. That way. And then you develop from that going to like more companies and then when would you say you start like independently teaching? I started opening branching out towards the latter half of two thousand fourteen and then by two thousand fifteen I was completely out of dance talks and just doing stuff for myself. Okay. So two thousand fifteen is when I started like kind of uh, putting myself out there in the market in India and kind of trying to get my name out there as a dancer, as a contemporary artist. It's nice that we're segueing into this because I kind of just want to ask, I don't know if you want to, I wanted to ask you next, the contemporary culture in India and dance culture in India and yeah. how you survive as a dancer, choreographer and a teacher in general. I remember talking to Garrick and like a couple of the other people that you guys don't really have agencies as per se, as we do in the Europe. It's more like connections. Yes, there's kind of like agent, agent, but it's not like an agency. There's the yeah. union and you predominantly earn your money through teaching and doing like odd little music video gigs and concerts or like the odd little like award shows and things like that. But is, is that true? Do you want to elaborate on that? And then I also want to ask, um, yeah, will, will work organically? And my brain is like <laughs> thinking so many things. Yeah, it's fine. Ask you, but yeah. Go ahead. Um, yeah, so um, largely I've dependent, been dependent on teaching alone because, I mean, I've stuck by it because it's something that I love doing and yeah. that's something that kind of gives me that satisfaction for dance because that's something because I love teaching dancers who want to like you know kind of uh, hone these skills who want to grow um, like I never like I generally never take fun classes like it's not like come join me have fun and then bye like I like taking classes even if you're not serious about taking dance as a profession like I love teaching people who really want to learn from me rather than just come and be like hey like you know just teach me a choreography and then okay I'm off yeah. Right. So I've largely dependent, been dependent on my teaching and that's worked well to my advantage because I know that a lot of, I know like Garrick and I know a lot of people who are teaching and it's, yes, it's tough. It's really tough because sometimes a teaching job is very difficult because I know a lot of uh, people, my friends, peers, colleagues who are struggling 
and not making enough through teaching. So, I mean, I'm grateful that I've had that, you know, opportunity to kind of stick by it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to the industry, I mean, there is a union, but the union is only for the dancers who are part of the organization, the industry dancers who are more into the Bollywood scene. There's no such union for dancers like me, like, you know, for my kind of work, because I'm not part of the industry or I'm not, you know, like a Bollywood yeah, performer. Like my style is in Bollywood. Yeah, Bollywood performer. So there's a very different union for that. And we're not part of it. So like we end up doing a very independent gigs here and there. Sometimes like I, I have done uh, collaborative in the sense like obviously paid collaborative music videos uh, for independent artists. And I have done a couple of uh, movies and ads, television ads as part of like, you know, with the industry, but not as a part of them, like more independent that way as I wouldn't call it extra, but like, you know, like an additional person coming in to add a different, make a difference in whatever they're doing. So I've done a couple of those things. And while those things, while those uh, projects uh, pay, they pay, they do pay. Uh, But it's very uncertain because you sometimes you get projects in one month, you like I've, it's been so well. I've got like three projects in one month, and then for the rest of the year, I'm doing nothing. Yeah. So I had to fall back on uh, a lot of teaching, like not only personal teaching, uh, but associating myself with uh, a lot of different studios, companies. Sometimes so I've been like I have taught in Terence. I've been a part of DanceWorks, a lot of different studios like Split Soul, Big Dance is one that I'm currently working with uh, right now. I'm going in March. I'm going to be uh, teaching with one of my friends in institution. It's called the ICMD, uh, Institute of, of Model and Classical Dance, which is IMDC. Okay. Uh, so um, I'm teaching with them, um, and they're like kids who are uh, aspiring to be dancers, or taking dance, dance as a profession. So like from the age of eight to about 15 and stuff like that. So they, they that program, that institution has a curriculum so they're following the RAD syllabus and they're getting like... Wow, um, you have to have an RAD syllabus. Yeah. yeah. So they're following, uh, like, that's the pattern. They, they're following the very, uh, you know, they have, uh, what's, they have like, uh, I forget the word, but they have people like kind of uh, grading them from Got the it. UK and stuff like that. So because one of my, I don't know if you know, I'm sure you've heard of P.S. Tarya, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's, it's her institution. It's her program. Uh, so she's she's uh, an already grade nine ballet right now. Yeah. So she's obviously has that kind of uh, connection with, and yeah. she travels to the to London a lot. That's so good. So I'm teaching there, and that's what one of like you know because I want to do those things. I want to be associated with uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Kind of, those kind of dancers and those kind of artists, and like that's something that I always look forward to. It's like. For me, it's been like, I wouldn't say easy. I've had to kind of squeeze my way here and there, but that's something that I always look forward to. And that's kind of built my consistency in a way for me as a dancer, artist, choreographer right now. Before we move on to the contemporary dance scene in India, I want to discuss how easy is it to get a job as a dance teacher in one of these studios and how easy is it to populate and make a profit turnover from all of these studios, a living to be able to pay rent, to be able to, you know, just survive as a working 
artist or dancer in general? Um, I think the. I mean, I think this is everywhere in the world. But I mean, uh, the because the market here is definitely challenging because the the majority of the population is more inclined towards what they see on the reality television, and uh-huh. that's what they uh, know of the dancing. Be it like hip hop or contemporary ballet, jazz, whatever you like, whatever style it is, you know, we know of. That's what they see. So, the technical training, the technical dances, even um, I mean, even Indian classical, uh, I I want to say it's suffering, but it is definitely a challenge for those artists to kind of survive, because everything is so commercialized right now. So teaching yeah. is very difficult and. Uh, if you're not at the top of your game, it is like it's very difficult to kind of get be overshadowed by someone else right now because there's a constant like you know because of social media there's a constant like uh, fight about who's doing who's doing a lot rather than who's providing like you know content. Yeah. I guess who's just like just put putting out their work and selling their work, so that often sells a lot. So it's quite challenging to. Um, Build your name as a teacher, as a dancer, as a choreographer. Um, <clears throat> for me, I've kind of streamlined. Let's just say, I just kind of streamlined what I want to do. So I've never really been. I, I mean, I love teaching at camps. I love kind of traveling, but that's something that I've kind of. Uh, I won't. I won't say taken a backseat from, but I know those those kind of opportunities don't present itself too often. So I've like I've kind of streamlined myself where I always associate myself with the studio. Or like I said, an institution or a organization like the dance books or parent and stuff like that. I've yeah. always kind of associated myself because that's something which has provided me with a lot of consistency and it's helped me kind of been more stable in my career right now. And then whenever I get like additional gigs, that's always like an added bonus. Yeah. Yeah. So I've chosen to do that because I know that that's that's going to bring me my stability. If I know there's always the opportunity in the industry, uh, I know friends that are in the industry right now, and they're just doing industry work, which means they're just working on reality television as choreographers, as dancers, as performers, and that's their job profile day in and day out. And that's something that I've never seen myself do because it's I don't hate it. It's just that it's not me because for me I like to kind of like I always like I said like me I'm a free soul, yeah. so I like kind of. Sharing that space and giving myself that space to kind of express myself because in the industry it's more, you know, you have to kind of appeal to the masses and what the television yeah, needs, yeah. and that's everywhere. That's everywhere in the world. And I mean, I love working on those projects for experience, but I don't see myself doing that on a daily basis, and because I'd wear out. So yeah, I've kind of found myself in my own teaching element. So I would say, for me personally, I've I won't say succeeded, but I've survived. Okay. I've done I've done well. I know a lot of people that I speak to are, and I'm sure you've had conversations with them. Like, it is a struggle if you're not. Like I said, if you're not, it is challenging. If you're yeah. not, kind of, uh, I would say it's not about providing content. I don't put a lot of content out. I put content when, like you know, I'm satisfied with the work that I share, and I mean that kind of. Works in my favor a lot. So and it's it's quite I'm quite happy that you know that has worked for me so far. And yeah, 
I mean, that's how it's, that's my selling point right now. So I agree, I agree with that. <laughs> um, in regards to, we're going to briefly just touch up like within the next two minutes or so, the contemporary dance scene in India, how has it developed in the last, let's say 10 to 15 years? Did it come out of nowhere? Did it come through like Terence or Ashley? And here we've, you know, there's been Brambeer or there's been, you know, Sidila Bay, Marie like I could go on and on in regards yeah. to the contemporary dance scene here and provide names. Same with America, same with a lot of European cities, countries, yeah. and just all over. Educate me in regards to <laughs> India. So the contemporary um, scene, I feel, is more lyrical there. I, from watching yeah. videos and just observing, do you guys get taught like Grotowski's technique? Do you get, get taught like um, release, uh, Graham, all of these things or not really? Not a lot, not a lot. Um, we did have uh, a lot of uh, foreign teachers coming in. Okay. Like I remember in Terence, we used to have a lot of foreign teachers come in. Uh, dance hooks, there were a lot of foreign teachers and that was predominantly where the influences used to come in. Uh, but there was never like, you know, I mean, for me personally, it was never like, you know, you go through this whole year training of just doing like Harding or Graham or kind of, you know, in, involving all these modern forms into our dancing. Like it has yeah. been like ballet as a structure and then many workshops or, you know, probably a one month kind of uh, set up for modern or any other style, like, or even like a lyrical or contemporary jazz training. Uh, it's never been like a full study Got it. in that sense. So I would say like I, we had to kind of uh, script through in the sense, try and like, you know, be uh, as invested in the information that we got because it was never fully given to us because of the restrictions and the limitations that the companies had because yeah. I mean, at that point, like, I think when I started training with Terrence, there was a lot of, we did a lot of release work and more than, and flow work, like yeah. the more European of method of movement in terms of contemporary, rather than the more Western American, like, you know, lyrical and jazz and contemporary. We did have that as a subject, but it was not, uh, you know, kind of forced onto us. We did have ballet. But ballet was just used as a base. A fundamental. Rather, yeah, rather than, you know, like, you know, going from uh, ballet to classical, neoclassical, modern, postmodern. Like we never had that graph. So and if we did have like a Graham or a Horton teacher come in, it would always be like a month or two of workshops. And that's where I kind of had to kind of uh, feed upon that's the same thing even with dance works. We had like a contemporary jazz teacher who was with us. Obviously, she was a permanent faculty for about a year and a half. We had a ballet teacher. Uh, he would mix uh, Cicetti, Vaganova, and Valentin a lot in his syllabus. Yeah. So we had that. So it was more rather than like, you know, a study, we would have a lot shown at us. And we had to kind of build on that. And we had like, I think we had one Harden teacher uh, from uh the states john freeman nice. but he was only there for like when i when i was in the company uh at dance Hooks, i just had him for like two weeks yeah and that was it and that was my heart and journey for okay. two weeks so we're just like oh. so nice you should oh my god i love heart i love heart it's um it's if you ever come to london oh my god 
Horton training here is oh phenomenal. I wish we had like a Horton technique version of I don't know Indian <laughs> Indian dancing or something like that. I always wish that, but in the UK yeah. and in the states it doesn't really exist. I think in India yeah. there's a version of it talking to people, but there's there's nothing like a contemporary classical situation that I think yeah reflects the moment of the now as well as brings our influence and the culture of that. Yeah. I think the only person to do that is probably Akram Khan, no one else yeah. right now. <laughs> he doesn't But, he doesn't have a class though. That's the, he does intensives and yeah. his intensives are expensive. They are they're expensive. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. But he's obviously at that level and stage in his life where he's going to obviously charge. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. But that way like with I know for my training um, especially because I got asked this question in a previous live session like uh, this guy asked me Vishal he asked me like how where have you kind of gotten your style and your influence from because uh, he says there's a lot of uh, you know a foreign influence rather than an indian influence in I wouldn't my, say that I mean in the sense like he says like it's very it's not very indian in the way i kind of dance i mean there is a hint of it yeah. but it's more towards the western influence a lot but don't you think And, that's contemporary in general like it's not really I th- I think there's influences so I think we're going to brush yeah. up on this and I voice noted to you recently about like I want to talk about cultural appropriation and certain moves yeah. that make it into contemporary movement here like I will go to all of these institutions and do like floor work or laban work or like they call gaga yeah. workshops and things like that and they'll be like wrist twirls or like you'll do things like this and you're just like well that comes from like doing indian and they'll be like well I've done kathak yeah. training oh my god I love kathak and you'll just be like Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, But that's the thing because like you have a lot of this uh like like I said right it's like I've done like two month two weeks of art in here. So a lot of people take influence from that. Yeah. And I do that a lot. I take a lot of influence like a lot of my uh syllabus. I mean I don't teach art in but I take from art in and put use it in my syllabus. So that's why yeah. I never say I take an art in class but I use whatever information i've learned and put it into my class and i think that's something that a lot of people do all over the world because they can it's all about kind of experiencing different cultures but it's like it's like it's like just the tip of the iceberg where you just kind of do like a one month or two months and then kind of take it back home and that happens everywhere i mean it's i mean i've had like a a difficulty trying to kind of have a conversation with this because uh you you don't know what the right i i feel i don't know what the right way is because i personally feel that i really as a dancer i really want to kind of invest myself into the form like i have done like bharatanatyam and kathak as well but just like three month workshops mm-hmm. so i would never say i'm a classical indian classical dancer but i would say that i have a certain amount of influence but I would never say I've trained in those styles. Uh but that's where I draw the line that even in ballet I know a lot of people tell me okay teach ballet you know ballet I'm like I I learn ballet I take class uh but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm a ballet teacher. And I was like I I can 
I can probably do bar work. I mean, I, but I wouldn't call my class a ballet class. I would probably yeah. say it's just bar work. Like you know, you do like stretches and uh, strength work and stuff like that at the bar. But I wouldn't say it's a ballet class. I would probably call my class like a fortification or a conditioning class with the bar. And that's something that I've been like very, uh, you know, certain about because I've had this conversation with ballet teacher. I'm like, you know what? People ask me to teach ballet, and I never do it because I'm like, that's not who I am, and I don't want to take away from the art form because ballet is so much more than just you know doing bar work or like throwing in a combination in center. Yeah, there's so much more to that, and I think that's one of the reasons why I stick to contemporary because. For two reasons: one, it like there is a technical uh, foundation to it, and at the same time, it leaves room for exploration, in a certain sense. Yeah. Uh, that's why my classes are always more fusion-based rather than focusing on the modern genre. Like I, 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 I have done like you know a few workshops and use influences from a certain workshops, but I would never call my class a modern class because I am not teaching a modern class. Like even if, yeah. I mean, I think that's where, like, you know, sometimes like talking about cultural appropriation. I think it's just more about taking influences from uh, different cultures and adding them into your class that way. No, I agree with that. I, mean, I think I think there is room for innovation, and I feel like yeah. you have, you know, when there's Chinese ballet, there's Russian ballet, you know, there's yeah. there's different, and then there's within those ballet, there's like pas de and. You know, lots of people reinvent certain um, syllabuses or certain. Um, oh my God, what's the word that I'm looking for? Certain pieces that have already been performed yeah. and reinvent them. So I think there's there's definitely room for invention and um, you know creating things. I want to talk about stereotyping. Do the stereotypes still exist that you can't have a career? As a dancer in India, do the do the stereotypes still exist? Because I personally experience, and I'm I've said this several times that I'm ostracized from my family for being in the entertainment industry, and a lot of my people don't understand. And you know, I've been called faggot, gay, all of these sort of things for you know being salacious or comfortable in my movement, and ex you know sometimes dancing in heels or sometimes wearing a specific outfit. And I know you're not afraid of that, and you put you've put videos up of you dancing in heels or pictures and things like that but do these stereotypes still exist and do you also feel for me when I was a commercial dancer and I was doing like the whole X Factor Britain's Got Talent and these sort of things I had the stereotype of fitting into a market so then I also want to ask about body image issues which is do you feel there's a stereotype to have a specific body in order to be doing the technique work that you're doing or could you be some you know looser or have more fat in your body and not you know be comfortable or be able to do certain movements so let's first talk about stereotypes as a just having a career in dance and then um and having conversations of sexuality i think you probably need to repeat that so let's <laughs> let's just go because like i think everything just got disconnected but let's i touch upon the stereotypes about having dance as a career um I mean, initially when I did start to start to kind of get into my training, I've had a lot of. Uh, my parents were supportive, but there was always that fear of, uh, 
not being able to sustain yeah a living because it is you know i mean here i mean it's always i mean my parents are not very pro uh you know reality television but they're always kind of excited when i'm on television <laughs> so i mean for them like if any indian family right they like, use your son or daughters on television oh my god my son and my child is on television look 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 and then it's like kind of uh kind of shared with the entire family yeah and i've never i've not been on television i've been on like television a couple of times but um most of my works on youtube and it's quite funny because my my dad kind of shows all my youtube i think once when i went home he was kind of showing my youtube videos to my relatives okay oh, on 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 his television i'm like this is studio work this is not like and it's so funny because like when i go back home it feels like a different universe altogether oh, because really? most of my most of my work is on youtube and then people think like oh my god you're this celebrity you're on youtube and I'm there's like, such a thing that, as youtube celebrity don't say that there's youtube big fan happen so you you I, know i i know i know but it's just for me it's just a normal work right it's just like me kind of showcasing my work on a channel like a yeah. platform um it's not it's not that I'm like famous like I'm, youtube's not kind of hiring me but it's just like platform like instagram and they watch that and they think that i'm like a top person and i'm like no that's not what it is but anyway i kind of leave it at that uh but i mean my 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 like any anyone any of my family friends uh they're always kind of supportive because they always kind of tell my parents that you know it's good that you allowed him to kind of follow his passion follow his dreams uh but i've had friends and their families like you know because they come from that very old school thinking about like you know the guy as a male that you need to take care of family you need to be you know taking care of your wife yeah at a certain age you need to be married uh because no one will marry you after a certain age uh you need to kind of uh, own a lifestyle have a lifestyle have a living so that you can have kids and so on so on so on forth and i've had people kind of say that and that's kind of kind of affected me in a, in a certain sense and uh, i'm glad that i kind of took myself away from that uh kind of scenario because that kind of affected me and it kind of still affects a lot of dancers because there's so much pressure to kind of have a life because it's more about the lifestyle yeah than art form and it's quite difficult because when you kind of do that when you think about the art form then you have to take yourself away from society in the sense got it but in uh, currently presently in mumbai where i'm staying even in delhi like certain like a lot of like a couple of cities it's more appreciated in a certain sense like especially community wise especially where i'm living i'm living where in andheri where uh there's a lot of uh support because like the place where i'm in there's a lot of art there are actors singers dancers performers so everyone's in the vicinity that i'm staying so it's more supportive and people are more appreciative of the art sorry but um i know if we go a little away from the city it's always kind of you know oh you know are you it's always about the fame are you instagram famous are you youtube famous are you a tv star have you been and that's the weirdest question like you know i mean i don't get those questions now but i know when i started initially teaching i'd be like have you been on a reality show are you on this show are you on that show have you been in movies and i'm like no i mean i teach dance and then it's like uh, 
it's like brush pass and then recently like i know it was like a studio trying to kind of you know open up again and they kind of like the, like someone asked them like no you train in dance is that a career option so there are still some sections of society that believe that dance is not a career option yeah like you know and they said something to the effect of oh my daughter my 13 year old daughter dances and she makes like you know instagram reels and she's not training but she can dance so it's kind of like there are certain places here which kind of view dance as a very low profile activity and like it, it kind of gets you worried about so and not worried but it kind of takes you and affects you in a certain sense but i mean for me i'm like you know what those people are never anyway on my radar i'm i'm working for the people who are kind of who want to take this i mean forward in any way possible whether it's a career option or like even if it's uh you know just to excel in a certain way yeah. as a dancer so i kind of do it for that reason but it is it is uh like for, for for what i'm doing people are more open to it now because there have been so many more camps that have introduced dancers there right. are more studios that have introduced dancers uh so when i started training it was always industry and if you're on tv that's about it right now it's opening up to the fact that uh if you're part of a camp like you know how you have like it's following that trend yeah also so you have a pathway to a certain extent and people are i mean i would say on the fence with it a lot of people still do believe that if you're part of the industry you're more successful if you are like an independent freelance artist it's still not viewed as you know a career path i wonder what so, it would take i wonder what it would take for this perception in like i don't know some have you watched this um it is beautiful called desert dancer it's it's about this dancer i think from iran or iraq where dancing was forbidden frida pinto is in it and this wonderful guy and akram again choreographed this and it was all about the arts were kind of like yeah, it might be afghanistan yeah. but it's yeah, I, it's one of those three places and it's beautiful but i wonder what it would take for a person in those rural areas if there was a kid who just wanted to do this and just be like look i want to do this and for the parents to be like okay it's fine go for it what do you need you have our support i wonder what it would take no they do do it so so they we ha- like the city does have a lot of people coming from these small places but for them everything is television so because it's like dance india dance or super dancer or india's best dancer stuff like that so for them all they know is that so for them to come here and be a part of that industry be a part of that setup is what they know and what they see um and that we were talking about unions right so a yeah. lot of the dancers that are in the industry right now are people who are not from mumbai who are not from the city they're all people from outstation got it and those are the ones and those are the ones like you know because it's i mean it's it's long hours of work but it's guaranteed work you're working every day after week for like 8 hours 10 hours 12 hour shifts yeah. that's your life that's your bread and butter uh you get paid i mean you get paid decently well i mean i w- i would say like in consistency they get 
paid better than we do in terms of consistency. My thing is I get paid, but it's just it's just lesser hours of work which I prefer. But uh, they get paid consistently, but they have no life in the sense like that's their life. Go show up for work, get paid. Sometimes it's uh, either they have like a day's gap in between before the next shoot, or it's like in four hours you're traveling to another city for another shoot. So they're I constantly think, working that way. Yeah, I think for me it also becomes about the caliber of work as well that you produce and the product of it. Sometimes the most like, I, to me, I'm comparing it to like the stream that I've experienced. To me, that you're explaining that as commercial work, and yeah. seeing in in genre or in style, I. I think just sometimes the quality of work is not great. Like you'll see all of these people go and dance in the dance or all these things. And then you see like these movies that are like street dance. Now it's going into what street dance five, street dance at six with like Varun Dhawan making another remake. And I swear to God, I want to hunt him down and tell him to stop making remakes of old songs. Um, <laughs> but some of the quality of the work that comes out of it. And I'm just like, really? You're meant to be the top dancers in India. perception of uh, i would say dance has changed over time i remember like when we uh, when i started training this was back in 2007 ballet was obviously seen as a very sissy form of form of form of stuff uh, dance and it was very looked down upon like boys don't do ballet right like boys don't dance or if uh, a girl dances then she's a slut i mean that's the way it was viewed yeah. at that point it was difficult when i started initially started training but right now it's changed so it's not so much as you know dance is not acceptable in our country like as a as a guy like i said the only issue is about lifestyle and taking care of family and being like the sole provider but it's not kind of looked down upon if a guy wants to be a dancer and in the in the country right now it's much easier for a guy to kind of make it in a certain way because it's it's still viewed in a better light than a female trying to make it as a dancer right now Damn. because that's obviously again talking about culture like just again you know you're not supposed to be out there you're not supposed to be scantily dressed whatever you're supposed to be a very sophisticated housewife whatever okay. things like that still um, exists when you have like i feel like me too movements and feministic directors and all of these things things yeah. like that still exist yeah it's see i mean that's why that's why a lot of dancers come to mumbai because it's quite open here i mean there are a lot of women in the industry or female dancers in the industry but it's still a challenge for them it is still very competitive for a female dancer more than a male dancer right now Although female dancers do get a lot more uh, job opportunities, but for a fee for a male dancer, it's much more consistent to kind of you know be viewed as a dancer than a female dancer. Um, but in terms of style, uh, right now it's more. I mean, there are certain sections of society that don't approve of ballet for guys. Like there are some people who have that oh, ballet for guys. No, uh, but it's still better. Mumbai is still better, Delhi is still better because they've been introduced to these forms. 
you go somewhere else it's still like oh we don't do that style uh yeah. streets street style very open for both male female contemporary open for both male female dancers uh however if you get into heels or backing voguing that's where it is not kind of uh open i mean it's appreciated again it depends on which city you're in mumbai you have yeah male you have male male uh wackers you have male wogers and you have like you have battles with them so it's very open that way you guys do battles um, as well oh my god i love yeah, battles so they I have that battles. the, the wow. underground scene here is huge so like for hip hop street for backing for voguing it's a big scene Do you here. guys actually do like balls so like we have vogue balls here and I yeah, they do balls, where you do yeah. like categories like you do femme you do walks you do butch you do like oh my god I want to come now yes yeah. yeah, so I don't know so I don't know how much of uh, I because I've never been a part of the scene so I've not like you know seen what they do but they do play like there's I see a lot of character based see a lot of genres uh with the battles that I've seen of the wackers right now and it's quite interesting because i'm quite happy that you know it's kind of appreciated in that sense there are a little tips here and there about like you're talking about cultural appropriation about you know foreign artists coming in yeah and it's that's that's that that's i mean that's never going to change and obviously i've read about that because i know a couple of people and yeah. then you talked about Brian Friedman and i've read about all of it and like okay I know I know that because everyone gets a little personal or uh, I would say protective you know their form or their style when it comes like you the pioneers of the form of the art like whacking voguing crump street and then when you kind of deviate from that there's always that aggression towards it like even here I know that hip hop and now obviously urban doesn't exist anymore i have but there was such a good question <laughs> on that because i experienced that and i was not happy about that situation of what the using the word urban urban oh yeah i mean god was there a debate between me and one of the dancers in india who actually follows you and i think has attended your classes and i won't name names but i was just like i was talking about cultural appropriation it was during black lives matter and i was just yeah. like it's fascinating that there is a mass amount of south asian community that will come here and i know lots of youtubers and things like that that were in support of black lives matter Black and i was like matter, it's yeah. a beautiful cause no, not a beautiful cause sorry that's the incorrect word it's a great cause to support you should stand up for it. you should you know say but i was like when there's things happening to do with your own skin color and your ethnicity like you know rape situations to do with like punjab or like the farmer situation that's happening right now in uh, in yeah. punjab or like just in general like the politics and i was like if you don't say anything about them but you want to stand up for black lives matter and then when you have choreographers or people for me it's about equality if you go to glastonbury and you're seeing some like a bindi or things like that and they're taking the piss out or when i go to castings and i'm the only ethnic person there and stuff like that <laughs> i i think for me that becomes cultural appropriation because you're allowing yeah. people to take your culture but when it comes to the other way around you'll be sensitive and you'll be like yeah fine i won't use the word urban i put my hands up and i'm just like really 
Well, urban doesn't belong to a culture. There's urban areas in India, in Pakistan, in Iran, Afghanistan, you name it. Urban is a word. I get it for the context that it was used in, but yeah, I was very pissed about that. And I had a two hour heated conversation and it went for the entire month with my partner, (laughs) with every single person. I I was like, fight with me. I want somebody to argue with me and drag me. (laughs) I actually, I mean, even for me, like, I understand that it's just a word, like in the sense that, I mean, you use it like urban cities, urban lifestyle, urban clothing, like you use it in general terms, speaking, like, you know, in general speaking terms. But uh, like I kind of read up uh, on it and I understand the whole uh, derogatory term that they kind of, you know, like because of the music industry. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I kind of related it as like, you know, because it's like putting a derogatory term for any culture like you know like black like based on the basis of skin color or religion and i think that kind of uh makes it more personal for those group of people right and that where things become difficult and i know for me like urban was just like a word until i read up on why it became such a big issue because of the music industry and I was like, okay, it makes sense for us to kind of take it away because you kind of generalize a category, you know, and you don't kind of bring the quality in. Uh, so I understand the whole, you know, taking away of the word urban. And anyway, I was never like into the whole, I was never an urban dancer. So I, I was never pro or against it because for me, it was just another yeah. conversation piece for me. But I know that and it it kind of it was strange for me because I was like, uh, like there's again a, a lot of debate here as well because it's like, you know, it's just another word. Uh, why are we just following people blindly? Uh, and because it was at the same time, because this whole time as uh, Black Lives Matter and this whole situation in this U.S. and everywhere actually in the world, in Europe as well. So it was a quite sensitive time. And I feel that, you know, like, and I had a lot of flack from my people as, I mean, from people here, like, okay, why are you using the word urban? Why are you not using the word urban? It's just another word. And then how do you support Black Lives Matter? And why are you not supporting causes here? And like what you said. And I was like, it's not about not supporting causes here. Uh, A lot of times, like, I mean, yeah, people do support. I would still support a cause here, but there's more, um, it's not an excuse, but people curve your right to speech over here a lot. Mm. And I feel people don't feel safe to voice their opinion. Got it. Like in Mumbai, it's still better, but other cities, like you're, you're kind of targeted. You're kind of uh, hunted in a sense. We don't know it, but it happens. It does happen. But people like, imagine like you're kind of, because in these smaller cities, the rural areas, like, you don't. You won't even know that it's happening, but it happens. Right. And then obviously, and it's your livelihood. Your that's taken away from you. What are you supposed to do? You're gonna keep shut. Like even here, sometimes it's very. You have to, uh, especially when it comes to the government, because most of it is like with the government yeah. in a sense. So you have to be very particular about uh, what you say, and and who you talk, who you speak about, because if you do that, I mean, you're definitely gonna be a target i mean 
not in that sense but i mean i can be i've gotten into physical fights with people so by all means come for me and i'll fight you back <laughs> like i'm not afraid i really am not people have pulled knives on me in central london so like i i Ooh. dare i dare you i really do because i think like i will always i'm willing to have a general conversation like this and agree to disagree but i think for me yeah. like generally just literally going back to that small point and i want to move on from it because i think we could yeah. do like a whole 4 hour conversation oh, yeah, on that yeah for, for sure but i think like just going to that small point for me it's like where is the linear line and where is the justice for everything so let's say yes we take out the urban words next thing what i i want to know when you dance to tracks that are by Kendrick Lamar, J Cole, Jay-Z and all of these people they have the n word mentioned in it which is a slave term and it's a derogatory term but yet you dance yeah. for it you're wearing hip hop uh, you're wearing like baggy trousers and hoodies for which people have also been dragged and tasered and stuff like that in countries you can't wear them when you go into a shop like that where's the injustice what why aren't you taking that away you're wearing bandanas you're doing x y and z so like why aren't you taking that away so i i for me it becomes about those and i'm just like where is yeah. also your fight and your stance for things that are happening to your own people so i'm like i i or where are the black people standing up for us when our rights and you know we have injustices where's where's the walk for that so i'd love yeah, to have a conversation um, with you or anybody <laughs> please do come for me yeah i mean that yeah i i mean like i've had those kind of thoughts and realization and i want to say realization but that's kind of crossed my mind because i mean we had nothing to do the entire lockdown so all of this was kind of yeah. in our face <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i understand where you're coming from and it was it's quite it's it's quite a difficult challenging topic because to find that line is right like you know it's hard because everyone has their own perspective everyone has their own reasoning and it's yeah. difficult to find because there are so many loopholes in all of this i think it's also because i i was thinking about it like when someone kind of asked me like the same way you're saying like because i read comments and then kind of kind of this is me or when i read people who are just like a little cuckoo in what they say yeah. with no re- reasoning at all yeah it is the same thing that you said like you know we are supporting the african american or supporting the black lives matter movement and the same thing is happening to our country and then they don't support us but i think it's because they were so influenced by the west and america being like a superpower or like the western countries being like superpowers that were so influenced by that and we and a large part of i i shouldn't be saying this but a large part of what india is about always trying to come <laughs> no just like i'm not there to protect you so you don't want to get in trouble <laughs> it's no but it's i mean it's true it's like always competing with america it's always competing with the west and it's the truth right we're always trying to be on par trying to kind of catch up trying to kind of you know be i won't say one up but trying to be on par with them like trying to be like yeah. you know two superpowers coming together and i feel that's where it kind of goes off because we are kind of you know it's kind of in admiration or in awe of that and there's no reciprocation so i feel like it's like a one way street that way because we're trying to kind of climb and chase a certain area and that's why like a lot of the influences a lot of what we see and we would i mean you asked me this question like about following appropriation stuff like that all comes from there because we're constantly looking for that we're constantly kind of adding those 
whatever cultures, values to our own culture and our values. And we're taking like clothing, dressing sense, lifestyle, the way the the way of living, speaking, all yeah. of that. We're taking it from there. Well, and then I feel I, that's why. I have a question which might be a little cheeky to ask you, but I does I see a lot of your choreography is not to non-Asian music. Is that yep. because you just don't connect? Because I know there's lots of independent artists who produce beautiful music that doesn't go into Bollywood. That's just Indian music, and that can be like, you know, Coke Studio Sessions, which I've listened to, and like some independent artists here and there. Is that a conscious decision? Because to me, agree to disagree. Please forgive me for asking this. No, but that's fine. Isn't that isn't that in line of the same thing? Because you're supporting, or is that just because of personal choice that you just don't connect? with music in that sense and you know educate me on that please clarify that me, you me. mean for my classes right like when yeah, i teach when I work, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so um one is obviously for me it's because for me i've always grown up there are two reasons this one is i've always grown up on english music like i speak english at home uh so ever since i was a kid i would always listen to uh bgs i was presley queen uh and sometimes classical music like beethoven bach all of that stuff and my mom is also was training to be an opera singer and that right. my entire family uh was always like my especially my mom said british rules everything is coming from there and uh a lot of my growing up was a lot of these influences and i used to i definitely like did hear a lot of uh, indian music as well when it came to uh, a lot of AR Rama Yani and all all the the you know the indie bands and the pop bands and the classical bands here but it's just that because of my influence a that I re- never really kind of connected to a lot of uh, indian culture music like the indian bit i always connected to a lot of western stuff and i think that's where one of the influences coming from so it is easier for me to kind of connect to um english music because i'm all, and it's also i would say like faster for me to kind of you know create material that way when it comes to kind of english, hindi music i do i still do listen to it i still do enjoy listening to it uh, but for me to kind of create to it it doesn't come from a place where i feel what i'm doing if i to create it would be very superficial and i mean that's i that's the space that i try and avoid working in where it's the just superficial for me it has to come from the yeah. space of realism which is why i use a lot of english tracks secondly when it comes to uh again it's a very i mean it's very that's this is my opinion this is my perspective like when it comes to contemporary for me because it's a western form before because it's like you know it's the the genre of music that kind of influenced the dance form yeah so i i want to kind of give that to my students and introduce them to that genre that style that feel because i know we already have the industry that kind of influences the 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 bollywood music influence to it of the contemporary style like you see everything on the industry is bollywood music to uh new songs old songs you have yeah. those variations already so i want to give them like for me because if this is my understanding if i am introducing indian classical to say the west i don't want to introduce 
Indian classical with Western music. I want to introduce Indian classical with Indian music. Yep, yep, yep. So the same way for me, if I'm introducing Western form, yes, I mean, I would love to amalgamate and kind of create a fusion of the style, but I would love to introduce the music that influenced the style. Got it. Rather than create. And that's something, I mean, we, we already have dancers who do that kind of fuse Indian music with or Bollywood music with jazz or with contemporary. Yes. So I want to give my students that because I mean that's something that's also important for me as a dancer because I don't want to do ballet on Indian music. I want to do ballet on classical music like Beethoven's, the symphonies. Got it. Right? I want to do contemporary, the lyrical on the genre that created. I want to do theater or jazz on the blues, the jazz music. I don't want to do jazz on something else. Okay. You can. You can create. So that's that's what I want to give my students. And I always tell them, like, you know what, when you are kind of working on it, you are free. Like, there are a lot of teachers who kind of bring those influences in. Yeah. Uh, but if you're coming to my classes, what I'm going to offer, and there are so many teachers who kind of fuse styles, fuse genres together, you have the industry that does that for you. So, I mean, you, it's not like, you know, everyone's doing that, like what I'm doing, and you don't have a chance to kind of experience that. You have a chance to experience all of that. I'm intrigued then because you're talking so passionately about all of this. What is your method to choreography? Hmm. Okay. Hmm. <laughs> so, um, so for me, like, I have a structure and then I don't have a structure at the same time. Oh, God. So, yeah, I, I like to play with both because for me, like, it, because it's always very, um, like, a, one thing that I've realized with, like, you know, constant teaching and, like working on set is that you have to be, you have to leave room for being a little more malleable in the sense that you have to oh, keep things open. A word and a half, I will use that today, malleable. Yeah, because it's, because sometimes, you know, the kind of work that you want to put out is very different from sometimes what the other people see. Yes. And like, even in class, I have kind of have this, uh, I won't say I, I don't have this trouble anymore, but over the years, I've had trouble where I would prepare class a certain way and then it would never end up being what I wanted to be because you have dancers with different experiences, different uh, influences, yeah. right? And then your class is like all over the place. So I kind of structure my workout, my technique, like in like, you know, okay, that's very structured. Like there's no kind of breaking away from it. But when it comes to choreography, it's been like, you know, a lot of observation with my students and how I want to work with them. So I like to get to know my students. Like that's why when I do like, like training, like I, I know most of my students, like they've been with me for a while. Yeah. Right? And I love having that because then I know how to work with each of them individually. Like whether I'm like kind of, so like I'll always mix in when it comes to like combination of choreography. I'm always like uh, trying to find the balance between technique, structuring, destructuring, maybe a little bit of uh, improv or maybe kind of allowing them to uh, have a way with the movement in a certain yeah. sense. So, I mean, it's always kind of open-ended, left a little open-ended for them to kind of explore for themselves and for me as a teacher because it also gives me kind of, you know, 
and a certain understanding about how I want to kind of uh, process and progress through class. Uh, when it comes to music videos or when I like work on the project, it's very like simple. Like it's more about the vision that comes okay. to life. So if uh, if it's with the director or the producer, it's always about me trying to kind of fulfill that vision. Or if it's left up to me, then uh, it's always about me trying to create my own vision and then I kind of put it across to them. And yeah. that's about it. So, and most of the music videos that I've done, it's always me as a dancer, choreographer, rather than me as, and like I'm more, more or less the dancer in the video rather than choreographing for someone else. Okay. Um, so it's kind of been easier that way. And when, it, when, when I'm on like movie shoots or something, it's always very yeah. structured. So I always have someone higher than me. Like I'm always assisting. So it's, I always have someone higher than, than me telling me, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what you kind of need to assist with. So it's very, I've, I've been actually very particular about what I want to do because okay. I know what I want from, you know, the jobs that I take. But when choreographing, I'm also trying to understand, like, do you yeah. choreograph for the level? Do you, get a, do you get inspired by the movement? Do you like to listen to certain sounds, like lots of gritty things, lots of grimy things, things that have bass? Like, that's what I'm trying to understand the specifics of. You're giving me a oh. very nice, like, sugar-coated candy sort no, of. But, like, but no, but I understand. I understand from where you're coming <laughs> from. But I also want to, I'm intrigued as a person just looking from the outside and watching your videos, like, are you walking down the street as you're getting to the studio and you're listening and you're going, kak, kak, no, this might not work. Let me just change that to shh and have a moment of breath there. Actually, this, this move might work. So just, yeah. It's everything. So everything that you just said. So sometimes I base it on my current emotions and what I'm feeling. Yeah. So it's like, whatever my emotion, like, is connecting to the song that I listen to, okay, that's it. I'm into it. Uh, sometimes it's uh, just pure movement because I don't have a thought. I don't have a reason to kind of create. So it's just like where my body takes me, where I want to kind of uh, move at that point in time. Sometimes I kind of structure it in the sense where like I really want, I really know that I want to get a certain quality out of myself and my dancers. Uh, sometimes it's just that, you know what, it's like I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge my dancers. Do it. Or other times I'm more like considered where I'm like, you know what, I need you to take care of my dancers. So I'm like, okay, let's create something that will make them, will, that will challenge them, but will also make them feel comfortable in the sense. So okay. I kind of play with this as much as possible because I never like going into a class, uh, especially when it's choreography. I never like going into class where I'm like, it's always like, you know, this is what I want. I always leave it like today, like I just finished like a choreography uh, where I was inspired by one of the uh, one of the dancers in uh, Australia or UK right now. I don't know where he is right now. Uh, so I kind of got inspired by that and tried to create something very um, different for my body where I knew that this is the quality that I wanted for my body. This yeah. is the feel that I wanted to go with my body. Uh, so I'm taking two classes. I'm taking one offline, one online. My offline class, the one I'm teaching at Big Dance, is the one that, you know, has where I'm focusing on my body and my movement, on my uh, structure, what I want to do, what I want to showcase in that piece, like in terms of physicality and emotionally. Uh, the one which is offline, uh, online right now, I'm focusing on the technique that I'm teaching in class. So it's oh, yeah. more deliberate where I want my dancers to focus 
on a certain structure. So I'm doing like multiple things right now, where I'm playing with two different things right now. How have you found so, it during COVID? I hate I hate teaching during COVID. I hate teaching online. I've actually taken a massive break, and <laughs> I think like, but I also now only teach general level for the past couple of years, unless it's like a specialized workshop. But yeah, I've hated teaching in la- in house with masks having to adjust things having to like not do contact work anymore because we can't do that and if you do it's at your own risk um because yeah. somebody can contract covid and you know in terms of doing classes online you can't do certain moves because like people don't have space yeah how have you found it just quickly yeah um i mean i've hated i hated it when i started it because it was quite it's kind of restrictive to, in a sense i mean i wouldn't say in a sense it was restrictive because i don't have space at home it's like a square Yeah. And it kind of it was a tough time because it kind of took me away from dancing where I felt like I didn't want to do this anymore. But I think I just kind of had to push myself because there was no source of income and I had to kind of figure something uh, out to survive. Yeah. Money, 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 yeah. money. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to make money. I just wanted to survive because oh, I couldn't okay. eat in the savings, but I think the online kind of gave me a perspective. because i know i was so used to the studio and so used to moving and so used to dancing that i that the online sessions actually got me back to my technique okay so it because for me like i said i always had a lot of open ended classes like experimental classes where i would like sometimes you know drop in a class be like okay, this is what we're going to do today or this is what i feel like doing today or this is what i feel like you need today yeah but i feel the online sessions kind of brought me back where i started structuring my class so now every month is syllabus oh, really and this good. is what we're going to focus for the month so i'm actually kind of enjoying it because it's helping me find myself again yeah and i'm happy that i'm continuing with the online classes because i'm like you know what like i finally found a distinctive difference between two different places right now otherwise it was like choreography 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 experiment experiment So right now I know that my offline class choreography I don't need to worry you show up you learn technique no technique just dance Um digital space how has it changed your um your teaching your dance capability your presence as an artist and how do you use it now and any tips on it Are you very particular now? Do you care about the views? Do you care about the comments? Do you care about the follows? Honestly, I hate it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been very uh, off in. I mean, I'm not been off. I'm still doing my basic promotion. Yeah. But it's now it's it's reached the point where I do it when I want to do it. Got it. I'm not trying to chase anything anymore, which has prob- has given me a lot of relief. because i know like during this pandemic it's got, it put a lot of stress on my head where i'm like oh my god viewership following students are dropping out and yeah. but the one good thing that came out of this and i'm i'm thankful for the online sessions kind of given me that direction that i needed again because because of social media because of you know the constant promotion because of the constant uh i need to sell myself i did sell myself to a certain extent and <laughs> I I kind of forgot my roots, you know, like I kind of stopped enjoying dancing because I was trying to chase this kind of whatever fame or glory or whatever it is that, you know, social media kind of gets us into. And I'm so happy for the lockdown that happened because it 
brought me brought that perspective back where i started to remember why i started this in the first place where i wanted to make a change i wanted to make a difference i wanted to share myself and put out work and quality work and very distinctive work that defined me rather than put out work because i needed to chase i needed to run the race that everyone was racing yeah. and everyone was running it took me a while but i've been i i pulled away from uh social media so much and i'm so happy like right now i put one video probably in a week or maybe in two weeks and i'm happy because i mean i know that the work that i'm putting out is good work and i'm happy with the result and i'm not stressed about you know kind of getting my following back it has to drop it drops do you care I about the want... grades do you care about the grades your grid and your aesthetic how it has to be looked or you're just like if i want to share I, mean, I... i will share it i do it sometimes because i like sometimes i like quality <laughs> but like like i'm very particular when it comes to how i want it shot or how i want like my body to look that's the yeah. only thing that i care about who inspires you just out of curiosity or like who are your role models that you kind of look to you can be like oh my mom and my dad really inspire me or you can be like oh this person really inspires me or like i inspire myself <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i mean i've been in a very weird place uh for the past 2 years now um i used to follow a lot of uh, international artists like just because i wanted to be inspired like Brian Friedman uh Blake McGrath like Bobby Newberry uh a lot of my teachers Eric Campers Adam Miller all these guys like yeah. you know most and like I like right now even on um Instagram I find like you find a lot of talented dancers so like I, like wherever wherever I can get inspired from okay. but like in the past one year I've been very it's been a weird space where I stopped watching anyone else because I felt that I wasn't able and this is actually one of my teachers kind of pointed out to me is like you take inspiration from all these dancers and all these teachers yeah and you kind of uh, and i used to do the luck i take inspiration then i always i would always say take an inspiration from brian take an inspiration from this person take an inspiration from that person and that used to be the base of my work and then when i wanted to create work by myself i couldn't because everything that i had to, was creating was a lot of visual aid from all yeah. these teachers so i went through this phase where i didn't know how to create if i wasn't watching a video oh, so oh that's the worst you yeah, get into pattern i so agree with you and then i i just stopped doing it so right now i that's why i, I stopped watching a lot of videos i just yeah. try to inspire myself to move and then like you know if ever i was on instagram just like follow like you know just kind of if there was something that i like just watch that video and get not inspired but appreciate yeah. rather than getting inspired and some one thing that i would probably take is probably instead of taking material in terms of you know sometimes you'll see like a move yeah. or see sometimes like period and you're like oh my god i want to try that so since i'm taking that i would probably take the essence and the quality and uh the entire the structure of what they were creating rather than the moves right. that they were doing and i kind of used that to kind of influence my movement at that point so and then i i started changing uh the kind of music i listen to i started watching uh, a lot of uh, documentaries a lot of movies took uh inspiration from anime 
and oh. kind of kind of and let that feed into my system. Yeah. And kind of worked upon myself right now. I do like I do watch dances and like that. I I, I won't say I have uh, one person that inspires me right now. I feel like anything that kind of resonates with me inspires me. Okay. If it resonates, it inspires me. So it's more like I've kind of branched out. In a way. Okay. All righty. All righty. Well, we're rapid fire. Get... Rapid fire. This is a, uh, how this how is a... bad or how good is is this like. Uh, Uh, embarrassing questions. Oh, no, no, what no, is it? no, no! It's gonna be great. <laughs> It's gonna be so much fun. Um, the section is called Super Tie or Play with Rai. I... Everybody, I'm so sorry to interrupt in the middle of the show. However, as I mentioned before, Chai with Rai is an IGTV live show that I convert into audio format. So this section that you are about to listen to might not make sense because there's not a visual aspect. So if you would like to watch the video aspect of it, like I said, please head over to my Instagram at Raimuitfum. That's R A I M U I T F U M, and go to the IGTV section on my page and simply scroll through for the right episode. However, for now we're going to skip to the next section, and I hope you guys enjoy. On so much, so we're gonna end on some reflective moments again because I feel like we've had a really nice conversation, and then um, you know you've made me <laughs> go to the toilet. <laughs> um, but if you were to say some words of wisdom to your mirror self today, what would those words of wisdom be? You mean my present self, the future self, the past self? Which self? Personal self. I think I would uh, like just keep going. I mean, you're in like you're in the best space you could have ever been in years. This is presently, currently now. Do believe, trust again. There's a whole new world out there, and just give into that hope. Don't lose it. What are you like thinking that. there? What are you thinking there? <laughs> I'll keep that to myself. Um, peaks and valleys. I always ask this question to my friends on their birthday, and it's just basically about. I tell them always, like, what are what have been the three highest peaks of your life, and what have been the three valleys? So peaks are the highest points of our personal professional yeah. life that have taught us a lesson, and valleys are the lowest points of our professional personal life. So you don't have to do three, but just one. What would you say has been a peak of your life, personal professional, to this point? What was it, and what lesson you learned from it? And a valley, same, um, same scenario. There are were... many. I mean, I cannot pick one. Uh, but I think if I had to go, I mean, everything like most of my peaks are in my dancing. Man, my dancing kind of uh, helps me in my personal life. So I think this one moment uh, was when I was dancing uh, in two thousand. Yeah, I mean, there was a performance that I was on stage after like freelancing. I think this was back in two thousand fifteen or sixteen. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I was like really sick because I would always stress myself out before a performance because, like, you know, like I w- I was missing stage, and I was always pressurizing myself, like, you know, what I need to be good because that was the point that I was like venturing out. And I was like, I would always test myself before performance. I would always fall sick, like a day before the show, and on the day of the show, I would be sick. So, so that show, I was really sick. I couldn't like stand or walk properly, but I wanted to. Like I was performing like a minute and a half solo, and I wanted to kind of give my all. I was in the wings, and I was dead. I was like, you know what? 
I can't do this because I was like almost fainting and out of breath. So I was like, I can't do this. I shouldn't be going on stage right now. Uh, and it was Melvin's uh, show. He was doing Bombay Fest at the time. And uh, the only thing that kind of pushed me because the moment he said my name presenting, Edin. And then I heard like the entire audience kind of cheer for me. Yeah, It did two things for me at that point where it kind of made me forget my sickness at that point. Like right. it took away all the tiredness and it kind of gave me the strength to perform. At the end of the performance, I was exhausted, so I couldn't speak, but it gave me the strength to perform. And second, it made me so happy because that was something like I always wanted to kind of be recognized as a dancer, as an artist. I always wanted to, I was always craving for, people to recognize me or notice me whenever I was on stage. And that took me like a really long time. Like I was in Terrence, I was in Danceworks. And like, you know, I would like, there would be a few people that would know me like, Edin, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And like everyone else would be like, Arjun or Naomi and this and that and Jason. And I would be like, you know what? I want that. I want that kind of, you know, status that everyone has. And like when that happened and like, it was like, you know, like almost like a big pop for me. So that made me realize like, you know what, Edin, you're like, you've got what you wanted. Yeah. So that was a big peak for me. And I was like, you know what, and that kind of, kind of made me realize that what I was doing was worthwhile. Okay. And it made me feel like pushing forward even more. So yeah, nice. so that was the biggest high. And me. then a valley. Oh, uh, many of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like always <laughs> equal um you don't have to tell uh, me the specifics or share the specifics but you can like kind of like brush on it if you want to because i always feel i find this question in terms of down parts of people's life to be very vulnerable and private so i always say if you just yeah. want to kind of like touch upon it it's totally fine no, I mean, there are many instances. I mean, it still kind of carries on. But I think the one fear, I mean, this was when I was, uh, I, mean, I mean, I can give you like context. So there was this party that I'd gone for. And I always like any big moment, I always end up feeling, uh, you know, a little unhappy at the end of the day. So like I was at this, and it's, and it's carried on for years. Like, so if you ask me about my birthday, if you ask me about New Year's, if you ask me about Christmas or any occasion, like even if it's like a festival, like I'm, like I enjoy myself and then I'm always bummed out that it ends. Mm. And, um, and this is still there. I mean, it still exists even right now. Like I hate things when they end. Like I like, you know, because that moment is so fulfilling that when it ends, it's always like kind of upsetting. Uh, but like, I think the moment that it kind of, I, it's not that's kind of started everything, but the one moment that I kind of remember was I was like about, um, I think 12, must have been 12. And I had gone like for my first overnight party uh, with a couple of friends and like, you know, different age groups, like people were in college at that time. And I was like, my, me and my brother were like the young ones. And like, we had people uh, of our age group, a little older, like people who were like in their early 20s, stuff like that. And uh, we'd gone for like a first overnight Christmas party. And we were there like till about 4 a.m. in the morning. And like by that time, like, you know, everything's on a high. And then you play this soft old 70s music and everything kind of dies out. So it's like the end of the night kind of uh, scene. And then we were on the terrace and like everything, like I was dancing, like when I'm always dancing, I'm happy. So I was not dancing at that point, I was just sitting. 
And then one of the girls asked me, like, Edin, why are you so quiet? You know, why are you not talking? So I was like, uh, I just feel that, you know, I want to understand the person in front of me before I say anything, right, you know? And she said this one thing to me where it was like, you don't need to understand us because as women, we are complicated. We don't understand ourselves. And uh, it was funny at that point because I was like, you know what, it's okay. But <clears throat> that moment of, uh, you know, that fear of always being left behind, uh. always stuck. Because I knew at that point that would end and that was it. You know, I would go home and then life would return to its normalcy. So I think that always that low point and it kind of translates everywhere, even in my dancing where I go through those moments where I feel like it's ended, it's over. And I mean, those are, it, it's a constant low point. I mean, not every time, but it just kind of builds because like after everything ends, it's always this feeling that, oh my God, like what next or where are we going from here? So yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't call it a low point, but it's just like a, that feeling that momentarily feel. Got it. What lesson have you learned from that then of the being the felt alone or left alone sort of situation? Um, I would, like it's kind of uh, made me much more stronger in terms of doing things by myself. Yeah. And uh, like it's made me kind of weigh the outcome and weigh the pros and cons where I need to enjoy it for that moment and then when it ends obviously i i can't control it i still do it still upsets me but it's made me realize that it's things like this are going to happen like not everything's going to be as rosy or as you know beautiful every single time like it's going to end at some point in the sense like i mean especially when it comes to my dancing like those moments those highs are going to end so i just need to be appreciative of when it's high and then when it ends, just make my peace with it and then look forward to the next moment. Fascinating. Yeah. And it's just made me more open to like being alone, being more daring when it comes to those things and not be more scared of it. Got it. Hmm. More fascinating. <laughs> Actually, before we do lasting words, have you got any upcoming projects and where people can find you? <laughs> So I'm always teaching, so you can always find me in, a, in the studio or online. Uh, working on a couple of projects, like I said in the beginning, uh, working with a friend on a crew, trying to get that going, working, like traveling now, probably in the uh, mid-Feb to teach at a camp, coming back to teaching at an institution. So a lot of teaching. Okay. Um, and like right now, a lot of independent stuff where I want to create my own work, looking for dancers, looking for experienced trained dancers so that I can kind of uh, work on my own concept pieces, work on my own okay. concept videos, stuff like that. So like that year is all about, this year is all about that. Any lasting words you have to say to people or to yourself or anything for this entire experience or anything? Because you've done plenty of lives, as you said, you've done a couple of these <laughs> lives and things like that, but any sort of lasting words? Uh, something that I always share in my class and I always, I try and live by as much as possible. Take everything, I mean, if, I'm, if you're involved or invested in something, take as much as you can, add value to yourself because it's not about changing who you are. It's about uh, experiencing something different and making you a better person. 
And at the end of the day, I feel that adding value to the self is only going to enhance who you are as a person, not change it. Well, that brings us to an end and I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did so, make sure to subscribe, follow and spread the love. Share this with a friend, an auntie, your nephew, your niece, that creep or that neighbor, you know the one I'm talking about. Your support really helps the show and the message of it grow. By the way, if I haven't said this before, to watch any of the previous or this very episode's video, simply go to my Instagram at rhymeitfum. That's R-A-I-M-U-I-T-F-U-M. Or you can go on YouTube and simply type in Chai with Rai to find the relevant episode. I hope you have had an amazing day or night if you're listening to this before sleeping. I'm wishing you a love and light. And as I always say, breathe in, breathe out. Namaskar. <laughs> Meaning now I must go. That's copyrighted. I own it. And I will see you. Just saying. But for real, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been my pleasure. Stay curious. And until next time.